Hello and welcome back to the Dumb Radio Gamescast. We're back to our regular schedule. Enjoying some video games. And maybe not enjoying others. <laughs> video games. <laughs> video games. It. As always, I'm your host, Ryan, and I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts, Brett. Hello. Wyatt. Hello. And Alex. I'm keeping it normal this time. Great. I, le I left you for last, so you had the opportunity to I... really dig yourself a hole. <laughs> not, not for long. <laughs> when you don't, that's when I'll be most disruptive. Of course, of course. <laughs> Well, this is, we're we're gonna have a low key show today. This is our our after New Year's special, the first episode of 2023, and that means we need to answer for the mistakes of 2022, as well as look at some things coming out in the future and see what people think. See if there's some hype here, some not so much hype, uh, disappointment. You know, all all we're gonna run the gamut disgust of disgust, maybe today. angst, maybe a little bit of disgust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a, a lot to talk about, uh, good and bad from both years, and then we're going to have a, a big rundown of our favorite things from 2022 in a few weeks, but that'll be left so we have time to play any remaining things we wanted to talk about for that, and, you know, get caught up on what other people have, have enjoyed of the year. So, we're going to do that. But first, I just, I just have one news story I want to mention today, the rest can wait, but there's an update on Yuji Naka. <laughs> No. Oh, this know. guy. If, Get a load of this guy. If you guys remember, Yuji Naka is one of the Sonic Crow creators um, responsible <laughs> for Balan Wonderworld. Dragon World. Quest, right? I don't know that he has anything to do with Dragon Quest, but he is currently under investigation for insider trading of Dragon Quest. Uh, <laughs> that's part of it. But we've gotten more details on this Yuji Naka getting uh, indicted about insider trading some Square Enix games. And I think a lot of people were like, oh, it might just be, you know, a small amount of money or a small amount of stuff going around. He might have just been... It'll be a small charge. He won't have a huge issue. $900,000. Oh, my God. <laughs> ah, chump change. Yeah, <laughs> this, this, is, this is dollars, right? Not, not in, in yen. That's converted from yen to dollars. Oh, my so, God. It's a lot of well, money. Well, it's just, it's just, that's just literal life-changing money. What's the big deal? I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. So he supposedly knew inside information about uh, the Final Fantasy mobile game <laughs> that was being developed and had bought almost $9,000 worth of stock, $900,000 worth of stock uh, based on that information, which is fully illegal. That is... <laughs> The definition of insider trading um, is acting on information that the public does not have that you know about. It's it's not good, not legal. It's why when people are part of a company, especially higher-ups, they tend to keep stock that they have and don't sell it until they're retiring. Because if they do, it's really hard to prove that you didn't know something. So, mm. huge pile of issues. Uh, there was also a mobile game for Dragon Quest... That he was implicated in for another twenty thousand dollars. So really, really strange set of things here, and it's not like he purchased stock from Square Enix because that's harder to prove that it would be insider trading because it could just be trading Square Enix, right? Based on public information, what he did is he purchased stock of the companies that Square Square Enix was partnering with to co-develop these titles. Uh. So, 
you would have no way of knowing these companies were making like a high dollar game until they were announced and obviously they weren't announced at the time of him buying the stock poor Yuji Naka Balan Wonder World some poor decisions you know it drove him to make a Martha Stewart what a wild (laughs) wild adventure that Yuji Naka has had on his way to indictment alright Moving out of that into 2023. I want to talk about some 2023 games, and I want to get some opinions from people on 2023 games. And of course, we haven't played these games uh, outside of like demos or publicly available things. These are largely just us hype-reacting to how the marketing for these games has been. That's, I think, the big part of it. So I'm just going to throw some random ones out there, see, see what people think. I want to start with a game that we thought was dead in the water for a long time, but... Recently got revived, not through its own trailer, but through Goat Simulator 3. <laughs> oh, what? And then got its own trailer. Dead Island 2. Yeah! Ah, Dead that's Island right. 2 is yeah. slated to finally come out in 2023. In there April. Was a, there was a gameplay trailer that came out, and I, very few people talked about it, I feel like. It was well, like all the buzz they for like a show day. the gameplay trailer. They showed like a cut version of it. And then the gameplay trailer went live with, like, a live-action trailer paired to oh. it. been a it while was, since I've seen a live-action trailer for It anybody. was very strange. And it looked I, fun, though. It looks, like, it looks like a Dead Island game, which I don't remember. I mean, I remember playing the first one many, Does it many, look like a second Dead Island game? Years ago. Well, I mean, it looks like a Dead Island game. What? what are you talking about? I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm so confused. Well, what do you like... the second Dead Island game looks like, Alex? What's the difference between <laughs> that and a Dead Island game? Um, seeing as I've seen very little of the first one and just know what the cover looks like, I'd assume the cover, uh, but with a two on it. Or maybe nice. maybe someone well, holding up exactly a sign as a two. Like. So we're starting off on a high note in 2023, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. High note for these. Um, the reason I follow me Dead for Island... more video game predictions for 2023. <laughs> the reason I bring up Dead Island Two first is I actually played a bit of the original Dead Island. Um, for the last month, I've been on a, a road trip to see family and had nothing but a Steam Deck with me, and so I was loading up on some weird things for the Steam Deck. One of which was Dead Island, and it holds up surprisingly well. Um, Feels pretty modern comparatively, especially for a game that was. Let me check my release here to make sure I'm not embarrassing myself. But uh, early 360 generation, so pretty far back. Um, I, I think it's definitely, it's, yeah, 2011. So same year as Skyrim, aged pretty oh, wow. well. Uh, mm-hmm. It has a lot more of a because I'm more familiar with Dying Light, and I think Wyatt is also more familiar with Dying Light. Yes in terms of what we've spent a lot of time playing. And I think it's easy to forget the differences between Dying Light and Dead Island. Dead Island feels a, a lot more like a Borderlands-y. Really? I always, I always thought of Dead Island as more like um, Left 4 Dead. It's, it leans way more into the RPG stuff than you would yeah. expect. Yeah. Um, it, it almost has like yeah. the looter elements to it and I, I don't want to say looter shooter because this is stuff that came from arpgs yeah. but feels very much like that arpg stuff just kind of translated into a first person game and it also predates looter shooters by a good couple of years as well except for like, borderlands. borderlands except for borderlands right 
Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I remember enjoying it. I remember the, the, um, the melee combat just being super crunchy and satisfying. And I remember, I also remember one of the big differences between when I had first played, um, Dying Light versus Dead Island was that, uh, Dead Island went a lot more insane on like the weapon crafting and just Mm -hmm. had way more just wacky stuff you could do. Uh, Dead Island kind of went for the the Dead Rising approach of just letting you make some wacky stuff, whereas Dying Light tended to be pretty grounded until the slew of DLCs that allowed you to make some real wild things came out. It was was generally more grounded. Uh, And also firearms. There's a super in Dead Island, because your characters have, like, super abilities that you can use, where one of them is just you pull out a sidearm. (laughs) And start shooting things. It's very fun. Uh, I, I'm wondering how much of that type of like skill tree stuff is going to translate into Dying Light 2. Or not Dying Light 2, Dead Island 2. Easy mix up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm very curious how this game's going to turn out. I think it's been do... in development for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and on that note, the developer of this game, uh, Dam Buster Studios, has a bit of a fascinating history. So they're a subsidiary of, um, or at least they were, I'm not sure if they still are, of Crytek, right? And before that, they were Free Radical Design, which if anyone remembers Free Radical Design, they made the Time Splitters games. And uh, they were, they were made up of very good games. They were, they were a bunch of ex-rare uh, developers, um, and then they went on to make the the time splitters games, and then they um, they were going to do the original Star Wars Battlefront three, which was like ninety five percent completed, and they just had major bug fixing to do. And then when the big Disney buyout happened, the game was basically oh. just squashed out of existence. Uh, and then they were bought by um, Crytek, and then their first game, I believe, is Dan Buster Studios, was Homefront: The Revolution. If anyone uh, remembers that game, if you don't, I do not super blame well you. Received. Not super well received, but that was another game that went through many, many, many different like delays and just strange development complications. And so they now have a history of just picking up sequels made by other developers that have had just bizarre development troubles. And then like, here, finish it, mm-hmm. please. Huh. <laughs> Super interesting. Their only other thing worth of note was they assisted uh, the developer who made uh, Chorus. The uh, was that was it like a dogfighting right? Yeah, the the dogfighting um, space game. So I'm not going to say this is immediately going to be bad because I don't know how much of the ho- of Homefront the Revolution was their fault because they were not the only person. And Homefront the Revolution wasn't like a bad shooter. It just didn't have a good structure. That was the it real was, problem. Is it? It was very buggy. It was very buggy on release as well, from what I remember. So that doesn't immediately mean it's going to be a bad game. I just wanted to point out that Dan Buster has a very, very interesting history. (laughs) Yeah, they've really been shooting all over the place in terms of quality. So I hope this is good, because I I do think we haven't had a high-profile zombie schlock game in a while. All the high-profile zombie games recently have tried to be very high art (laughs) in terms of their storytelling. I mean, I think we Dead do get Island some schlock games. We do get some zombie schlock games, but it's mostly by accident. Yeah, <laughs> like I would yeah. say, not intentional. And Dead Island, trying like to, yeah, was was intentionally trying to be deep, and it turned into schlock. <laughs> yeah. 
Which isn't necessarily a huge problem, but oh, I think no, a game no, no. knowing that it's going to be schlock going in is a good thing. Uh, get a classic B-movie feel from it. So I, I hope it lives up to a B-movie feel, which I expect to be a 6 or a 7 out of 10. That's that's <laughs> my... my like, you know, here. a 6 or a 7 out of 10, that's really enjoyable. Yeah, that's what I, I'm Solid. hoping for. I'm hoping for a Dynasty Warriors, basically. That's my, my quality if hope can... for this. I mean, it, it'll you know it'll stand a decent chance if it can carry over the crunchy combat from from the first game. Yeah, and I hope it, it technically performs well, as in doesn't break on your computer or your console. Because we've had a yeah. lot of games recently that break on your computer or your console. Uh, yeah, that's been a rough rough year for that. There's another game that I think it's going to be a rough year for called Skull and Bones. <laughs> what? Sorry, anytime someone mentions the title of that game, I just laugh now. <laughs> They're still <laughs> doing just... that? Skull and Bones. Oh, that's our reaction every time we hear about Skull and Bones, which is set to release on the 9th of March, 2023. Wow. Um, don't trust him anymore. <laughs> that that <laughs> release date has gone through so many revisions, and this game has consistently, I would say, lacked an identity to the point of it being concerning. Every time it yeah. shows up, how little yeah. of an identity that it has. You know what I, I really know. want? Just that would that would just be hilarious. Yep. Uh, some other sleeper hit pirate themed or ship warfare themed game to come out uh, right before that. And I'll, well, I will uh, shout out here uh, a game I I've been playing a little bit um, way back when there was an indie game called Salt. And Salt is a survival indie game that came out way back in the like big boom of survival indie games a few years ago. And it had like pirate ships that you could get. Salt 2 is now in development. Salt 1 finished and released and is totally fine. It's a fine game with good ideas that clearly had a super limited budget. Salt 2 has like big customizable pirate ships, Sea of Thieves style. Mm. The big difference is that you don't actually have any naval combat in the game. It's all about exploring and doing island-based things. But because of that limitation, fun. the island-based things are way more fun. So I feel like the issue we're going to have here is Sea of Thieves is already monopolized the multiplayer pirate genre. right? I don't think Sea of Thieves audience is going to leave to play Skull and Bones. So you're really looking at the audience of people that want just a random pirate game, which is a lot of people, but most of those people want single-player pirate games, I think. Yeah. Or they want Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Which yeah, that's the thing. Not. I, I feel like if you want to, if you want to, like, get into that, that, like, pirate video game scene, you have to come at it from a single-player angle. Because like you said, uh, uh, Sea of Thieves, that has the multiplayer pirate game like that's it. <laughs> it, yeah. it doesn't unless something comes out that that really like just dwarfs it both in terms of like gameplay mm -hmm. and also popularity. It's going to be really hard to to reach that. Part. So if you I come at it from like a single player a player base for a multiplayer pirate game that doesn't have more involved combat and more things you can do on foot. I feel like people looking yeah. for ve vehicular Games already have those in like War Thunder yeah. and World of Warships and whatnot, and those really popular free to play games that, of course, are free to play, so there's no barrier to entry. So it, it it's like it's also like I could see the scenario happening, like oh, I don't play a lot of these kinds of games, 
but this game looks cool and I'm going to play it with one of my friends who does play a lot of these games. And then mm. you play it and it sucks and your friend says, oh, well, why don't you just, you've never been interested until now. Uh, why don't you just come play a better version of this with me? We can go play World of Warships or Sea of Thieves or whatever. There's literally like sometimes like well, most of the time it's like when when you really jadedly look at something like this and you say the words dead on arrival, you usually get proved wrong. I literally don't see this game like this. This feels like a Square Enix Final Fantasy, the first soldier. It'll be supported for less than a year and then the live services will be shut down because you're talking about not, Skull and Bones, bones right? Not Salt? Skull and or... Bones, not Skull and Bones. Yeah, salt yeah. is not a multiplayer game. It's, it's a single player pirate game just without the naval combat, but you still have yeah. a ship that you customize, which I think and, hits what people want in terms of a pirate ish themed game where you can do on foot stuff. But I, I think that the thing that is missing for a lot of people who want pirate games is people grew up on Sid Meier's Pirates, and there has yet to be a game which even just does the same thing as Sid Meier's Pirates, but looks better. Which is stunning yeah. to me, because it got things perfect. I don't know if any of you have played that game, but it still holds up, know. and it's from is, like 2003. Is that the... So I know Monkey Island had the, the verbal jousting. Did Sid Meier's also have verbal jousting? Yeah, Sid Meier's had like mini games, so you would you didn't have actual on-foot exploration, but you had boarding, and you had things like it where you'd kind of end up playing these like sword fighting, not like mini mini games, but they had sword fighting and other things you would do. And you had like a dancing game to befriend Ooh. nobles and whatnot. And you could do all sorts of random things about the cities. And there were there was a story to follow, all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, and just nothing has ever had that depth in terms of things you could do. And it's not even that high of a bar. Like <laughs> it is a pretty low bar because it was like six things. But nothing has done the pirate thing and had more than you can uh, attack a settlement and you can attack ships. Those are your two pirate things you can do, and those are the only pirate things that pirates ever do. So you can't do anything else. anything else. And and I think, and going back to Sea of Thieves again, like the other thing that game does so well is it's super immersive, right? It's got this super minimalist UI. Everything you do in the game is very analog and hands-on there isn't a lot of like there isn't a lot of like mm. sifting through menus and stuff unless you're customizing your ship or your character which you're not doing all that much and so again if you want that pirate game not only is it just a good game in and of itself it's a super immersive pirate experience right and and if this with it just feels like you're in your your set like little area that you're playing in and then it's a bunch of menus to get to the next thing again at least that's how they made it Scene. And I just feel like and that, that's the other problem is we don't know what this game is. <laughs> like, that's yeah. the real yeah. issue here is they've shown like little bits of this game and like little cordoned off sections that there's been so little confidence talking about these segments that we don't actually know what this game is going to play like. And I think that's a big problem of you could have an audience for this, but we need to know what the game is before that audience actually exists. Hmm. I just feel like it's been super hard to ever hype yourself up for what, any aspect of this game because, like, I don't know what the ship combat's going to be like. They've shown bits of it that looked kind of like a worse Assassin's Creed Black Flag, and that doesn't really make me excited. Uh, they showed maybe on foot, <laughs> but not actually in any kind of combat or situation, just wandering around shopkeepers. So I don't know. And yeah, it's it, like, you guys. It's super unconvincing, I think is the it's big like... word. Yeah, yeah, in Ubisoft, you guys have a template for a good pirate game. It's called Assassin's Creed 4. It's probably one of, like, 
it's it's probably most a lot of people's favorite right it's like it's like one of the most mm. standout titles in the series it's one that got you guys a ton of praise it, it you have the blueprint for this i don't understand why you felt the need to strip things back you know i don't it's so odd so many bizarre decisions being made and also people's trust in ubisoft i feel like is at an all-time low so when it feels yeah. like what ryan said there's such a lack of confidence coming through in how they've talked about this game and how they've marketed this game that I feel like there's so little trust in the studio as well. And I just, it's, it's not, yeah, it's not looking good. <laughs> it's not looking good. And I would be happy to be proven wrong. Like I, this is, I think the biggest game for me where I would very gladly eat all of my words and say, this is a great game because I want a really good pirate game, but I don't, nothing they have shown me has convinced me that it will be. They've shown me things that, hey, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's a little bit of, of a thing that I can get excited about. But then there's always tempered by, oh, this game's been delayed however many times it has been at this point. Well, it's, it's that, and there's the one little thing where it's identity. like, oh, you can tell that this is going to be a fraction of what the game is and or wants to be, and you don't know if it's worth even even trying it to find that yeah and i don't even know i don't know if it's fantasy or if it's historical like it looks like some weird in between (sighs) it's just a very strange amalgamation of things uh that doesn't personally excite me though i i hope that changes i don't know that it will it's also notably sandwiched in between the new destiny expansion which i feel like a lot of the player base is probably going to overlap with destiny in terms really? of people that enjoy these multiplayer um, types of mm. games. I think a lot of Destiny players like a lot of multiplayer games, and so I feel like a lot of that audience would be interested in this, except Lightfall's coming out two weeks before. <laughs> Lightfall, we get a grappling hook grenade, and it's already taken all of our money. Please don't ask us for anything else. Yeah, and two weeks after, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. So Ooh. AAA games, there's a lot of competition here. Um, and we'll see if anything else lands in that March window because there's a lot of stuff that we don't have dates for. Um, yeah, it, it just weird, weird game. All right, moving on from the strange zone of Skull and Bones. Talk about Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Yeah, week and a half after Skull and Bones, we don't know a ton about this game. Mm-hmm. I can say something that we do know that I yeah. can say now since I didn't last time <clears throat> is that now uh, the main character looks more like Alex <laughs> than he does Wyatt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I could not stop. The entire time the tra- they were showing the trailer at the Game Awards, I was just like, this is finally, I get to play as Alex LaFella in a video game. It's my dream. That's what we always wanted. <laughs> yeah. I see it. I see it. Oh no. <laughs> Is there a mod uh, where I can make him like five inches shorter to actually be me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to mention a few a few unique things that we know about that are in this game that have a lot of gameplay implications. Our mounts is a big one. Oh? That means we're probably going to have a more wide open playing area, at least for a few things. I don't know if that'll be like open world. I don't want to throw that term out there because it's so loaded and I highly doubt this is going to be an open world game. Would you want to say modular open world like Elden Ring? I would I would or... think like Dishonored is where I'm thinking. Like large mm, levels yeah. that have uh, a little bit more open, open level. sections. Because I, mean, I could see 
I could see the areas being roughly the same size as the first game. It's just the way that they're designed, they're less Yeah, corridor. I feel like more open than the first game. Because the first which game I would really be completely corridor-driven gameplay, yeah. which was fine. Which I would be completely but... fine with, yeah. I, I would like to see some more open like physics playgrounds for force powers, which yes. it kind of seems like they're going to lean into. Um, I've also heard a bunch of people thinking that gameplay here might be substantially different from what it was in... Fallen Order, because it looks like you're taking on a lot more enemies at once mm -hmm. in the gameplay that they've shown. And we're the... thinking we get to Force Powers akin to Force Unleashed. I don't think Force Unleashed levels, but I think we're going to start moving in that direction a little bit and not Ooh, stick with yeah. the Souls. -like. Well, that's that's my thing, is that I, I feel like the, the Souls-like elements that they tried to shove into the first game felt very awkward. They felt tacked and... on. And it yes. really didn't matter very much. Like, it just, it's so, it's so bizarre how, oh, you're at a meditation spot, now all the enemies are back. What? Huh? How? <laughs> like, that's a smaller example, but it just, it makes you ask far too many questions about how th that's all supposed to work. Yeah, I, I just think what they have to get right, you need to have really good one-on-one -on -one duels, because that's the lightsaber duel. You gotta have yeah. peak lightsaber duels. Which I'd imagine they're going to get right, because they, they felt good mm. in Fallen Order. I don't think they're going to backpedal. So. Do you think that this would this could also lean into the, the more, you know, lethal nature of the lightsaber when you're not going up against another lightsaber-wielding foe? And I mean, like, that, I would that think could, be, so. that could well, definitely be expressing, you know, the, the um, animations being... Maybe, I don't know, for some reason, Cal Kestis isn't going for a killing blow right away. Like, you know, like, he's grazing arms and stuff to... Gen well, we know a lot of that was that there was like a, that. a mandate to not have dismemberment in really? all order past, like, certain robotic enemies and very specific situations that were, like, story important. Was that to keep um, rating something? Partly, a... and partly Disney Star owns Star Wars now. So mm -hmm. the rules are a little bit different. But at the same time, if anyone here has seen recent Star Wars shows, they're, they're walking that back a good deal <laughs> and starting to I lean more into... So. Into the strengths of a lightsaber being a main thing of Star Wars. So I, I don't think this game will have the same limitations. So I, I'd imagine we see a few more wild things going on. Um, whether or not it's a regular thing, I don't know. But it, it definitely looked like in the gameplay trailers there was a little bit more oomph to the combat. I did no, also, I'm, I'm an enjoyer of oomph. And I'm going back and I'm looking at the... That... Uh, official reveal trailer that had like little snippets of gameplay in it mm -hmm. and i do see that you have some sort of move that combos with another character which is probably going to be like a yep. like an npc controlled character so i mean hey if we get you know little npc buddies that Give travel me a along jrpg with you, party in a star wars game and ooh, we're, we're, we're getting closer uh, and closer ryan, to kotor ryan and i have talked about our love of having npcs in your video games for me it's 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 nice to have people just bounce dialogue off of while you're doing other things but it also you means that you avoid the like aloy talking to herself issue of yes. just sounding awkward by having someone else who you can talk to and be like hey why is this important it's the classic game thing of like you have companion characters like this so that way when you give exposition to the player it can be given to a character and so it doesn't feel out of place right yes and, you know, and if there are more enemies, it's because I'm looking again, I'm looking at the footage. I am seeing more enemies than we typically got in encounters in the first game. And that yeah. would kind of line up if they wanted to make the lightsaber feel a bit more lethal. Right. So it's like, OK, well, maybe it'll take less hits to kill, you know, 
regular enemies just to make the lightsaber feel more powerful, which I would be completely uh, a-okay with. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking a little bit less Dark Souls and a little bit more God of War <laughs> is how we might be leaning here. I mean, Lord listen, Lord's... that doesn't bother me in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with that. You no, know, I, I started playing Ragnarok, and I'm very happy with how they, they, they kept... For for the most part, your progression from the last game, as far as skills go, yeah. with um, which I hope is something they carry over into here as well. And I would love to see my big thing with the first game that I didn't love is how the different lightsaber forms were handled. Once you got multiple lightsaber loadouts, of so you could have like the the dual blade, you could have two lightsabers. They they didn't feel super necessary at any point, or really have very distinct gameplay differences. So I would like to see more leading into that. It definitely looked like there was some gameplay of different styles here that seemed a little bit more varied. So I'm excited for that. I think it looks fun. All right, moving on to our other big ticket release in that time of the year, we have Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. Oh, it's coming out in the first half. Yeah, it's April. So it's only a few weeks after um, Jedi Survivor. I don't we, know. We I, keep, I think it's interesting. We keep seeing commercials for this when wrestling is on. <laughs> yeah, really? Multiple weeks in a row keeps asking me if I'm interested in it or not. She's my mom. I've never cared about Harry Potter in my life. <laughs> that <laughs> Why would I she's start? Interested. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's what I'm like. I, that, so I've been like, do you want? I'll like. If you pay for it, I will play it and you can watch. That's fine. I don't care. But, like, I I, I don't know. <laughs> Make your mom code more clear. Uh, but I, I don't... I personally don't really care. I'm not even because of, like, any of the controversy or anything. Just like I said, I'm not a Harry Potter guy. Uh, I, I don't know. But if it's really good, maybe I'll, I'll dabble. But Is it coming to Game Pass or am I... I, I think I think that's fake news. I think, oh, okay. I think you made that up. Yeah, that, that I was did. I, I hope it I does. Would I would love time. if it does, but that would not be the first time. I feel like this would be a good Game Pass game. This is a, a Game Pass mm-hmm. seller if it arrives on Game Pass. Um, yeah, I I I can get behind the idea of a Hogwarts game. I don't know that Hogwarts Legacy is the one. I can get behind the idea of a wizard game. I what wands. I really can what I am excited for is I really don't care about the combat in this game. Really, um, you don't care about it. No, because my thing with a Hogwarts game, like I grew up on Harry Potter, so regardless of all the the disagreements I have about J.K. Rowling as a person, uh, I am interested in seeing Hogwarts fully realized in a video game because I played like the old GameCube Chamber of Secrets game tons and tons when I was a kid and the, the like Lego games. So I think getting an actually fully realized version of Hogwarts in a video game would be an achievement. Even if the rest of the game is terrible. Like I, I honestly think this game only needs to get Hogwarts, right? I, I would enjoy in the way that, because I've watched like all the gameplay, the 45 minute gameplay segments they've put out talking about it. The team cares about it which sells me on the idea that they probably will get this right. So I think just on the basis of having a cool, explorable Hogwarts and surrounding area, I'm in. 
and they showed that you could ride magical creatures. I'm like, oh. I want to ride the magical creatures. I I would really enjoy if there's some element of you know time management to this game besides the 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 waiting for yeah. for stuff in in the room requirement. But like you know, being on time for classes and things, and I'm late to class because of they that stupid about that. moving staircase. Um, so I I in the second gameplay video they did, they talked about the idea of classes and how they were handling it and that they didn't want this to feel like a simulator and that you have to be on time for your classes all the time but what they said is that your the game will mandate that you have a certain amount of these classes that you go to to like progress the story meet your teachers mm -hmm. and whatnot and then beyond that it is up to the player in terms of what they want to continue to engage with that's really cool. so i i think that's a pretty good middle ground of we're gonna make you go to like one class of everything and then you have the option to like make your get new spells and whatnot by doing them um semi-story-gated amount of stuff here like they had a big screen with a big grid of spells so there's a lot you can learn here mm. uh in the old hogwarts games they only ever had like 10 spells total but you got a lot of usage out of them because they all were like platforming tools or metroidvania style unlock mechanisms which it seems like is that's where this game is going to lean um what I also really liked that I think a lot of people would be concerned about is the idea of, hey, it'd be really cool to play with the unforgivable curses as a character in, oh, in combat. That's, right. that's a fun combat idea. But as a player, I don't necessarily want to be aligning myself with dark wizards, right? Well, they had an answer to that was that we're going to have like these little combat challenges that are really removed from the narrative and everything and removed from the story and are completely like their video game right they're they're this is a video game vr mission from metal gear style thing <laughs> where you are doing a combat mission in just like a little arena and they're like we're just going to give you set loadouts of spells for these so you can go crazy Ooh. all sorts of crazy spells. so you have loadouts of spells yeah so you like select your spells before combat and you can choose which ones you want mapped to what buttons um they had they said like they're for the killing curse they're going to do a thing where it is basically a one-shot kill on every enemy in the game, but they're going to have just a time limit. So they're leaving it to cooldown. So it will be like a super overpowered thing, but you're not going to be able to use it constantly unless you like spec into it, which I want to know what that looks like. I want to know what specking into, into a, a one-shot kill spell. <laughs> in, in Hogwarts Legacy looks like. Because they, they really talked about it like it was a destiny build. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I was like, is this where we're going with this? Are we going to have like come build on, crafting come on, where, in Hogwarts where, where, Legacy? Where... What's your wizard grenade stat? Yeah, what's going on here? Uh, so I'm I'm very curious about this. I think it it's an interesting looking game. Well, I feel imagine like if you could be more of an alchemist of or a fortune teller. I'm, I'm so curious. I'm so curious if this is going to come out and be like a three or a, a nine. Who knows? I Ryan, I have to know. <laughs> I. I think this this for me is the one that's the biggest question mark. I don't know whether or not this game is going to be well-received or not. Uh, and actually, this is in February. So I, the April release I was talking about is the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One release. February is the next-gen console release, the current-gen uh, console release for PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. Yeah, I, I think did it you know, looks fun. Did you know Harry also only casts one spell in the first movie? You know, he only casts one spell in like most of the movies. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> he really that's why uses I'm like, like three spells total. Oh no, I I don't mean like one spell repetitively. I mean one spell. He uses his wand with, with Look, words once. Expensive. 
<laughs> I mean, to to his credit, he does a lot of other cool fantasy stuff. I mean, he stabs a, a giant snake through the mouth he, with a sword. He is the only person in that movie to ever use a sword. Yeah, he uh, he I flies on he flies on on you know flying horse bird creatures that you can all, that you can only see if you've seen dead people. No, no, those are different. Those by. are um, yeah, that's the that's the other ones. Those, those are different. Oh, you're talking you're talking about hippogriffs. Uh, hippogriffs, right, right. That's why I'm like I'm kind of like understanding of Ryan's idea of not really giving a crap of how the combat is because who the it's nonsense. Watches right? or it doesn't reads matter. Harry Potter for like. It's literally just like wee 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 wee, and like a lightning bolt flies out, and whatever gets hit by it is turned to ash. <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't get saw. turned to ash, it, it's Voldemort, and he's going to turn you to ash. There's no like dual. Like there's most one, of the like, gameplay at the very end of the series, and that's like it. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that's most right. Of the gameplay Wait, of so the what? other Harry Potter games are puzzles. They're almost entirely yeah. puzzle games, not That's... action games. <laughs> well, wait a second, and and you, we were talking about we we're talking about the just how stupid this world is. Um, so there's the killing curse, which is the one shot kill curse uh, yep. spell. There's a disintegrate spell that works on people, and <laughs> it mean, has before. It, you can just disintegrate someone and it's not rules. counted as a sin. Harry Potter is full of nonsense rules. I mean, <laughs> this is why the, a video game Harry Potter has always been a, a wacky idea, just because you don't have any rules to follow. Um, which is exciting and also terrifying, right? Yeah. As a developer, you're like, well, how do I balance anything here? I honestly just think you don't. <laughs> you just give up and just make it fun. <laughs> um, that, that's really all that I'm looking for is that it's fun. I, I would be pretty disappointed if this game is too balanced in terms of yeah. being like a quote-unquote balanced experience. I, I don't need a balanced experience Harry Potter game. Um... All right, we got some other stuff coming out this year that I, th I think are interesting picks for a number of reasons. I'm going to throw out an oddball, but I don't know if anyone has played the other game in this franchise, Kerbal Space Program 2. Ah. Uh, it always seems interesting play it. to me that they would need to make a second one of these <laughs> because it's Kerbal Space. What, what else... What more is there to do? <laughs> now, but, now with an in-depth reaction more. to the Challenger disaster. The little Kerbal <laughs> people are now in 4K, Brett. They have 4K yes. skin pores. Oh, no. <laughs> you can, can explode more <laughs> realistically. The, the, the one thing that everyone was asking for. <laughs> you can now realistically watch as a... As a poor little Kerbal person. Yeah, it's also not by the same atmosphere devs. upon reentry. I just throw this one out <laughs> to remind know. people that it exists, really, and to. I don't know what I was hoping from this. I don't know what I'm hoping for when it releases. I don't know that I'm going to play it ever, but, you know, I'm interested to see if people do. <laughs> I think is my stance on this. I'll um, be interested in watching things blow up, blow up in it, unfortunately. Yeah, I think it's just wild. I, I'm looking forward to seeing the memes when Kerbal Space Program 2 comes out, more so than anything else. Alright. We got a PC port of The Last of Us Part 1 coming. Yeah. I'm, I'm now happy... it has to be called The Last of Us Part, part 1. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that PC players are finally getting it. I, I understand that it's a weird fit for, for PC. For, for PS5, I mean, because, you know, we had the, the PS4 yeah. remaster, and that's really Good all fit the... for PC. Agreed. 
which is why which is why you know bringing it to to you know ps5 kind of makes sense you want to have a nice shiny looking version for the pc why not bring it to you know ps5 as well but i'm I'm glad that they're getting it and i really hope that they get part two at some point as well i'm I'm very surprised spider-man came to pc before last of us did well, it's all I mean, adver- uh, you got to think in terms of advertisers here. This is it's all advertising the PS5 so they can play Spider-Man 2 when it comes out, right? Yeah. That's the point of getting Spider-Man Miles Morales and Spider-Man Remastered on PC is so Sony, people will want to play 2 when it comes out. Same Sony with wants you, one. Sony wants you to get hooked on in their in their library. It's like, "Hey, wow, look at that. God of War, Last of Us Part 1, Spider-Man, these are all pretty good games. Can we offer you, you wanna, games not from the PS3 and our subscription you wanna, service? You wanna you wanna play some more of these cool games? Come here. Come on over here. Buy a PS5. It doesn't matter if you can't find one. Buy one. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't want one. Get out of my house. Get out. Of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we got a few Xbox uh, picks to talk about here. Some some Game Pass Day One games coming out. Redfall. Yeah. We, we have right. those. We have yeah. really recently, but we will. That's right. <laughs> Microsoft owns Bethesda now. Yeah. Redfall uh, is arcane. Uh, <laughs> Completely different. Oh. Problem. Yeah, Redfall is arcane. You had me fooled. <laughs> they're, they're under well, so the Zenimax umbrella, I think. But, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah Ar- arcane developing Redfall, the vampire co op, uh, maybe immersive sim, first person shooter. Uh, was set to launch this year, then got pushed into the first half of 2023. We don't actually have a specific release date for this yet, I don't believe. Um, but quarter one, quarter two, 2023 is the listed release date. <clears throat> I think this, this has looked pretty interesting. The more yeah. they've shown it, the more I've been curious about how this is going to play. Because uh, it appears to be set in like this open world um, town area of Massachusetts. Which is a cool Open idea. Open world Massachusetts. Open world Massachusetts. I mean, we've had a few. We, we got Fallout Massachusetts. So uh, I'm interested in this game. I'm a little nervous in that I would, I'm would. i worried this won't play well alone. Mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to play this with people because it's on Game Pass. So I imagine at least Wyatt and I are going to be interested in playing this game. Yeah. But... I mean, the majority of your time playing a game like this, I think, is generally spent single player. So I'm wondering if this game is going to hold up single player well, as well as being a good co-op game. I don't know that that matters too much in terms of it being fun, but it will matter in terms of longevity. So that's the biggest question mark for me. But aside from that, this has looked good. And you know what? This weird, like... uh guilty pleasure that i have not guilty pleasure i don't know the right word but i like it when a movie or game or whatever has vampires and don't make them like kind of pale looking humans Hmm, where they really like make them more monstrous looking is where i get more more interested in like a vampire's design and it seems like it's kind of going down that route it's like a really small detail like kind of dumb detail but it's something that i like when we can make vampires look more like look more like actual beasts than just like humans that haven't had enough, mm-hmm. you know, vitamin, vitamin D that day. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm super curious to see how this game will actually play as a whole. Cause I, I think the individual bits that they've shown off have looked good, whether or not they'll come together as a cohesive unit. 
at the same time, this is what everyone thought of uh, Deathloop, and Deathloop was received pretty well. So maybe it'll be fine. Uh, maybe it's completely senseless worrying. But hey, hopefully it's good. Uh, fingers crossed for Redfall. Yeah, I'm looking All forward right. to it for sure. Starfield. Yes. Speaking of fingers crossed, holy crap. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got the toes. I got the eyes. It's everything's crossed. I got here. the arms. Everything's crossed. God. Yeah. I, man, I hope this game is well received. Uh, I really, I don't need this to be anything more than Skyrim in space. I've made that acceptance already. If this is just Fallout 4, but with a space setting, I'm okay with that. Because I want a space yeah. video game. Um, I, I'll, I, I'll, I'll accept I don't, mediocre. I didn't really like Fallout 4. I don't know if I'd be okay with that. Oh, I didn't love Fallout 4 either, but to me, space as a setting is so so interesting. And particularly space as an RPG setting, and not just a simulator setting. Because um, I, I play a lot of space games. Most space games are empty space number simulators where you yeah. truck from Elite place to place. And that can be the fun. epitome of this. It can be fun, but at the same time, like it's hard to do an RPG in space because people don't want to commit to a setting, right? It's hard to commit to one specific area. And I, I, this might be Starfield's problem too because they've proven they're not committing to doing just one section of a solar system or something. Uh, they're doing the whole thousand planets. They've done thing. the exact opposite. <laughs> They've done the exact opposite, but it's going. It has factions. It has characters that you speak to, and it has RPG character building. Those are three elements that I'm very, very happy to see. And as long as those yeah. work at a bare minimum, <laughs> that's and, that's the level I want here. I just want it functions. Yeah. Not even from, it functions from... well. Just that it functions. And from what we've been seeing too, that it seems like there's definitely uh, an attempt to to kind of go back to like more classic um, Bethesda RPGs and and remove yeah. a lot of the the streamlined elements that I feel like they've added in over the past um, you know five ten years. Yeah, make it and, a little bit more complex. Come on, let's get all those yeah. different class structures. I, I want to see what the agent class has to offer. Back yeah, I think from, that's I want what, a reason to replay the game, right? I think that, that's, that's what most the, people the thing. Yeah. If I, I choose a certain path, I want to be able to just not do things in the game. Cut uh, cut me off from content if I'm a fascist or something I shouldn't like that. be the Archmage and the leader of the Companions. Yeah. I, yeah. That's a weird, uh, weird thing to do. I'm, I'm coming at this from literally not having engaged in a single Bethesda RPG in my entire life. I just want good space game, but I did not I, I I got okay space game with uh Outer Worlds, which is like the closest thing yeah. to a Bethesda style RPG in space. It's just what wasn't space enough. It was just RPG and it had like the set dressing. Outer Worlds was almost fantasy in what exactly. it was doing because it, it's space but it's goofy. This is hard sci-fi. Starfield is it, hard sci-fi, bro. I have like I have like an SMG that looks like it could play like like a VHS in it if I wanted you, to. You also and have an SMG that has like numbers printed not on a screen but on itself. With and the... they're, they're beveled. The edges are beveled at oh. angles at around the forty-five degree mark. 
and are made of metal. That's wow. This is space and it looks like space. I just want it. Yeah. Oof. So many RPGs, <clears throat> a lot of JRPGs especially, are we're space. And you guys still carrying around a sword. Like if I if I see a bladed weapon in this game, I'm turning it off. Space enough. I need to be. I want to fire like a rail what? gun at someone from sixty miles away and watch their body evaporate. What if? What if there? What if there's bad. space combat, but you just lightly shiv someone's suit open and they go buzzing off in the opposite <laughs> direction because of the decompression? We don't like have balloon. Yeah. Starfield will not have that. Don't don't get your hopes up. They tried. It won't. <laughs> they but... tried. It didn't work. <laughs> Don't did you know that? Did you know that? Uh, did you know that? Well, of course, of course, Ryan knows this. You watched, you watched yeah. the the twenty hour Skyrim retrospective. Yeah, uh, a horse riding almost wasn't in Skyrim because they couldn't get it to work right. Yeah, I my hope is at this point they have figured out the engine enough, which I think they probably have. I I feel like they've had to have had the time because the thing about the 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 Gamebryo, the creation engine, whatever you want to call it, the the weird amalgam engine that Bethesda uses is that as poorly as it works at some things, it works really well for others. And the thing that you gain by using this jank engine <laughs> is the ability for other people to create content for your game. And that's not worth giving up, right? That, that's the thing that they can't afford to give up and really shouldn't because I think that's what makes the magic of a Bethesda game is modding um, and the ability for them to rapidly create new content for expansions. So... I think as long as this has a good baseline and is just fun to play, that that's the big thing. Is they, they just need to hit the baseline of the shooting here needs to feel as good or a little better than Fallout 4. Hmm. That, I think, is the real mark of succeeding as an FPS while also being a good RPG. And I don't necessarily mean like it has to, you have to hit something in a headshot, it dies in one hit. Because I, I want numbers, it, it should be an RPG. But it's got to look and feel good. So yeah. hopefully it hits that and all the images they've shown, all the stuff that they've, they've shown of like the in development footage, the snippets of different areas you can go to have all looked really good. So I'm just hoping that we can hit that baseline. And the good thing about space games is it's not going to bother me to re-see the same architecture over and over again, because I can totally buy in a hard sci-fi setting that we'd be cheaply 3d printing mm -hmm. Course. All the stuff we'd be using, so I won't be bothered to see the same space station layout everywhere, right? It because that makes you, that makes sense. It makes logical it, sense. It gives so. you an excuse to reuse your assets, right? And again, yep. as we've said before, not that that's always a bad thing, but as long as it's utilized properly, and it's, and in a situation like that, you know, it's completely justifiable, uh, just in terms of the lore alone. Yeah. So I I really hope. I, I know I sound like I have high hopes for Starfield. I really don't. I just want it to be functional. <laughs> That's the thing, because it's such a perfectly it's so perfectly themed around what I want in a game that like if it hits the bare minimum of being playable and is like a five out of ten, I'll probably really enjoy it. <laughs> I'm sure they'd love to see that. at this point. <laughs> That's where Bethesda's at at this point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's why I say it. <laughs> because it's definitely, you know, I think that might be a maybe realistic goal for them to work towards. Before Elder Scrolls 6 becomes, I'm sure, a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> unavoidable at this point. It's unavoidable. Too much hype around it. And, yeah. and as we've said, uh, I think we were talking about this when, when this was first revealed. But I feel like, man, 
if Starfield isn't good, oh, Bethesda's in trouble. Bethesda is hard to come back from that. Is in yeah. trouble because they really they need a win right now. And this this one's been in development for so long, and they've been then hyping it up for so long. It's gonna. They were able to kind of survive the Fallout seventy six backlash, but I feel like with this, there's no. Yeah, there's there's nothing to run behind this time. And it would be it would be a tragedy because it's clear like. The what the way they talk about Starfield compared to the way they talked about like Fallout 76 and even Fallout 4, like this is this is Todd Howard's dream game child that he has. This is the one that he has always wanted to make. Yes, this is what Elder Scrolls is a stepping stone to. Yeah, yeah no. if, if this doesn't work, then the next I, step in video game evolution. And like, how many? See that man again. <laughs> and, and like, how many notable or you know how many how many game developers out there that are in the position that Todd Howard is in is mm-hmm. able to make the video games of their the video game of their dream? Like, how many people have been given that opportunity? How many people have actually been able to to pull it off? Mm-hmm. You know, that number gets so much smaller. I feel I like. Mean, yeah. There is a man who made Balin Wonderworld, and he wanted to make that <laughs> oh, <no>. game. <laughs> Just because it has the him. same title as it did in your dream doesn't mean it was your dream game. <laughs> it was game. your dream game. <laughs> that was his nightmare game. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I, I, have, I have hope for Starfield, I think largely because Bethesda hasn't really given us a reason to doubt that it will at least be a game. Right. Yeah. That's be able to push a button and it'll do something. They haven't tried to sell oh, us a multiplayer man. at all, which I'm don't, really if happy they, about. If they do, I I really don't. If they if they try to do that, I feel like I'm gonna jump ship immediately. I, I, I believe they have I said Starfield will intentionally support a lot of modding, um, which is a good thing. And I think the the thing to remember here is when Skyrim came out, it took a while for the creation kit to actually launch. It was it was like a year afterwards, so it's not going to come out immediately, I imagine. But the intent for it to be there, I think, is representing a lot of goodwill. Mm-hmm. The big question for me, and I want to throw this to Alex especially: Do you think before mod tools come out, we're going to have an indication of paid modding? And I'm I'm not necessarily talking Creation Club, because I think they've learned from Creation Club. I think the existence of Skyrim Anniversary Edition proves that Creation Club failed for what they wanted it to be, because the whole storefront thing just didn't work. It, it was not a sell to people. But do they try yeah. again for a paid modding platform, or have they given up? I... <laughs> The optimist says that they they haven't given up per se, but that they've learned not to try to execute it in that lesson. manner. Yeah, because I I think the thing it's not a I give would up like oh we for... want to try again, but oh well, it's an oh okay we see that this didn't work. I would be okay with Don't like single it. quest DLC if it was made by the Bethesda developers with a guaranteed like quality seal, right? Yeah. That's always been the problem with paid modding is you never know what you're getting and paid mods were often just worse than regular I, mods. I, I believe with, with the anniversary edition there was um a lot of um as something was going on with one of the paid modders that they had was like 
with everything that they made, it was made ma- uh, a majority of player homes was just going completely against canon or something like that. It, well, it, it was... also happened on the um, the Nintendo Switch version of Anniversary Edition. Oh, they didn't fix the texture compression. I believe was the issue when it oh. launched, and so in certain areas of the game, you would drop to like two frames a second because they didn't compress the textures right for the Switch, and so they just didn't work. Um, which has since been fixed, but yeah, I, I think there was a, a whole slew of issues that came from it not being internal Bethesda content. Not to say that mods are bad, but that mods inherently don't have the QA testing that often goes into a full game release, yeah. and I know Bethesda and QA testing is a con- controversial <laughs> <laughs> statement, Yeah, but um, I, I think... If we got like smaller DLCs that were a few quest lines or something that weren't an expansion, but was somewhere between an expansion and a, a DLC, and not any kind of micro DLC, but like a regular DLC, I'd be okay with that as long as it was Bethesda made. I also have a question. Well, I guess going we'll off see. of that, how much would you how much would you be willing to pay for something like that? It depends. Like I, I'm imagining if they release an expansion the size of Hearthfire, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Is like Hearthfire style expansions. Where it's a content system that is relatively bug-free, adds a new thing to do in the game, and works pretty well. I, I'd be happy to pay a couple bucks for that. I, I'd, I'd pay Hearthfire's, like, what was it, $10 when it came out? $7, something like that. Hmm. Um, I, I'd be fine with that. I wouldn't necessarily be super happy about it, but I'd be okay with it. As long as we get, like, a big expansion. Like, I want to see a Shivering Isles uh, you, for Starfield. You, but you'd you'd want that as an in between between big expansions. I'd be okay with it. I don't I don't need it. But I'm thinking if Bethesda wants the paid mod money, that's the way to go. Is actually just develop DLC for your game, <laughs> and not do the the user created content for money, because it definitely hasn't worked any of the other times they've done it. So hopefully that's the route they go if they do. All right, let's move on to the next set of games to talk about. I'm going to bring up, I don't know if calling this a, a dead horse is right, or maybe a horse that was never alive, but Avatar Frontiers of Pandora is slated for release sometime between April of 2023 and 2024. It was slated for release this year, and then got pushed, and then got pushed again. Will this come out in 2023? Man, Ubisoft is is uh, their their number of like games stuck in development hell is has been noticeably rising <laughs> over the past couple of years. A scary, huh? <laughs> Kinda. Maybe they maybe they need to take a a game dev laxative. They seem a little constipated. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that's the analogy that came into my mind for that. Uh, it, it's they just got to get it out. Get things out, and I mean, you know, it'll I, be I the usual Ubisoft get things out state. Because um, this is developed by Massive, and Massive tends to make uh, some pretty quality things. Uh, they did the the division, which I think both of which was pretty well received. Has anyone ever said they game, needed so. or wanted an avatar? Not the last. That's my question. Game? That that is my like hang up with this. I, I think there's. <sighs> No matter what you have to say about Avatar the movie, I think most people, even people who weren't crazy about the movie, loved that world. And 
I feel like it was never really expanded upon that much. What I was going to say, what world? It's described as alien planet with mineral people want. But I mean, there was a lot of, to give the movie credit, there was a lot of, of work done to like kind of flesh out the Navi as a culture. And it just, the world looked cool. Like a lot of it was really inspired by like um, aquatic, you know, uh, flora and fauna, which I think is really interesting. Uh, Obviously uh, visually fantastic as well. And so I feel like, I can't say that I'm like necessarily one of them, but I think there's a lot of people who would be interested in an open world avatar game just because they like that world and they want to spend more time in that world. Also of note is that this is a first person game. Hmm. I I just, I just don't, I just don't get it. I just, I literally don't get it. I've, the, the way that I've come to think like, I'm, about... Is this going to be Far Cry Primal, but Avatar? Is that what ex- we're going like, to get? Yeah, like, I, like there's there, no... It's just no... going to be visual spectacle and, and nothing else of substance is like, I what I'm expecting that, from it. I understand that Avatar is pretty, but the, the, the place on... on the place on Avatar that, that my brain has landed would towards like the the I say the most recent installment, the <laughs> other one like came out recently. But where my brain has has landed on it is that it's like it's like okay, it's pretty, but like That's every a... single thing that it is built up on has been done better somewhere else before. Yeah. And it's built up to just become like nothing. There's nothing here. It's pretty. I a lot of things are pretty. If I want giant robots, we got we got a probably pretty solid giant robot game coming out later this year too. If I want open world game with a weird alien world, do do you know how many of those we have already? (laughs) Do you know how many games have floating islands already that people thought that was cool ten years ago? So they already put them in their games. They're all the opportunity to do these things for the first time is gone and i don't know what like like, it's the same thing or at least a similar situation as skull and bones where it's like the people who could be interested might play this for a little bit and someone be like oh if you like this part of that avatar game just if if you like flying through uh those floating islands or whatever uh Mm -hmm. here's ace combat 7's been out for however many years at this point go play that uh, and this isn't like even the... going to be the only open world game that has floating islands in it. I'm sure we're probably going to at least touch on uh, Tears of the Kingdom later in this episode. Yeah, which oh, yeah. whole celebration yeah. yeah. is big floating yeah. islands. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. No! Just, there's no, unless you are a, unless you're James Cameron, there's no reason to play Avatar as a video game. It's I was like, just going to say, unless I you are a diehard Avatar fan. The problem but... to me as a game designer when I think about this game is that there is too much to do right Mm -hmm. i i can't nail any one gameplay system for this because no matter what i think of it's going to disappoint someone else because it's not what they think avatar is because everyone thinks avatar is something different or they think it's nothing there's no in between right (laughs) (laughs) avatar as a setting does not have the one cohesive thing i think of maybe if you're playing as the the navi is you have the the hair tentacle that you stick into things that's how you interact with the vehicle equivalent I don't know. I you you interact with animals by having sex with them to fly. <laughs> well, yeah, it's uh, that's an that's an Alex take. Oh no 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 no! It it's having hair sex with animals to fly. No, I 
<laughs> I had to watch the I I had to watch the original Avatar movie again recently, and it's it's just that all their interactions just. I'm just, I'm just imagining, I'm just imagining, like, like the, the interact sound of you getting into, like, a warthog in Halo is like the vroom of, like, the engine revving, you getting on to, like, the, the, the pink and blue dragon things is just, like, like the cartoon, like, sound <laughs> It's Scorn, it's Scorn. Yes! Yes! <laughs> if you, if you like Avatar... Video? Go play score. <laughs> oh man. Go, go go make some baby paste. Oh my god. Oh Jesus Christ. Wow. What oh. a video game. I'm not convinced this game is real. I don't know that it actually exists. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 I, oh. I won't believe it's real until it's in front of me. Uh and I, I have no confidence that it will be. So we'll see. Oh. We'll see. Maybe maybe we're all completely wrong about the potential of Avatar as a video game. <laughs> Here, here's my, my request to the gamer gods. Put this game on Game Pass. I just want to <laughs> see. I just want to see. If it's bad, I just want to see. I'm not paying $70 to see. I just want to I, I just want to pay my however many dollars a month just to, I'm I'm just gonna download. I'm Let's going go. to I'm going to find <laughs> to the ride first a vehicle, mount to ride a vehicle to ride a vehicle to hold X and ride a vehicle is what Alex was going. I can't stop wait him. Stop for him. the news that this game has been transformed and is no longer a first-person single-player adventure. Uh, it is now a five v five multiplayer human versus Navi. Oh my god. <laughs> Every other Actually multiplayer try game having, wow. Or some um, sort of like like looter shooter like shared space with like a fucking with like a like a If this turns out to be hours, Anthem, oh. I will be done, <laughs> done with video games. Because <laughs> I think there's a legitimate chance this turns out to be Anthem. I don't know how oh, I don't know what oh, that man. would look like no. in first person, but I you feel know, like there is a legitimate because, chance that that's what happens. Because it's Ubisoft I wouldn't oh, put it no. past them. I really wouldn't. If you remember, okay, they we... took they took that Ghost Recon uh, Wildlands and turned it into essentially like a Destiny looter shooter thing. <laughs> we we need <laughs> to find out. Them. We need to ask anyone who's played Anthem to see if there is recycled landscape and architecture. From I the I I know not one but two friends that both play Anthem and enjoy it. And I'm still sorry play for it their loss. Time to time. So. I want them to play it because I want their reaction if that's what it turns out to be. <laughs> oh man. man. This is really just maybe more excited to play Armored Core. I think that's really the uh, <laughs> yeah. the takeaway here. Because I was like, yeah. oh, I would like to play the the mechanical side of things. I'm like, oh, that's just Armored Core. So I'm gonna play Armored Core instead. Uh speaking of Armored Core. <laughs> Armored Core. That's on our list. Oh. Six. Oh, my beloved. <laughs> I so I I don't know. There's so many directions they could go because uh interestingly enough, uh Miyazaki, Mr. Fromsoft man, for at least like fifty to maybe even sixty percent of the original fan base of Armor Core was the guy who killed it. Uh because he directed four and four answer and all the Armor Core games before that are like purposefully clunky but you can master them to go kind of fast and then 
four and four answer are like just they're just almost flight simulators with how fast you can just zip around they're the quick. environment. Like yep. look at gameplay for them. It looks like seizure inducing. It looks insane. Like you can't even comprehend <laughs> what's going on by watching them. I'm sure it feels amazing to play because a lot of games are like that just from like watching them. But I the, the difference is is crazy. And I don't have a PS3, which is the only thing that uh, other than a 360, but they're not backwards compatible because Microsoft doesn't like me. Um, I, so I, I don't know. I don't know. It said in that one big interview that they did that uh, they're going to be taking little bits and pieces of things that they've learned from doing their their more recent titles, uh, which makes sense. I mean, you've won like so much praise for almost every single title that you've released as a as a duo of of dev teams because there's an A team and a B team for at least like the the action games that FromSoft does. Uh, you know, it makes sense to take aspects from those and put them into what you do next. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, all the all the people on on the internet right after it got announced at the Game Awards were like, "I can't wait for the onslaught of YouTube videos asking whether it's going to be a Souls like or not." When My it's God, literally not going to be. <laughs> and then, like within ninety minutes of the Game Awards ending, it that already came true. And there was YouTubers already, being like, outraged it? about it. It's like it's not a Souls like. Or oh my not God. even that. It's just like like Vadi Vidya even made a video that has like the thumbnail of Souls like question mark. And it's like no. literally no, Im- impossible. <laughs> How it, many it minutes does it say the video is game. in the thumbnail? Because I, I, it's you like a twenty just... minute video or something. Oh, sure that can he... be distilled into less than five seconds mm-hmm. by looking at the thumbnail. <laughs> uh, but like just the way the way the armor core works, it does not. It's not romp, stomp, big robot time around, you know, a whole continent or whatever, and you get to do whatever you want and, and kill a bunch of guys to fight for good. It's literally like there are three-ish corporations most of the time. They're all full of horrible people, and they're they're so much more powerful than whatever government that there is that they just send more mercenaries like you out to 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 screw the other ones over with violence. And blowing up their workers and and their supply chains and stuff, uh, and you're a mercenary, so you don't get to fight on the side for justice. You're just oh well, this mission offers me more money, money than the other one, uh, but it makes me blow up a subway full of civilians. But I got more... I gotta buy that new laser blade. The... So. <laughs> the most morally dubious, but I need to improve the heat sink on my core. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and you really can't do that without the like mission structure that Armored Core has had for like ever. Because even in, even when the gameplay changed with the the PS3 and 360 titles, it still had like individual missions mm-hmm. um, that you they, they they would they would have a map like a big UI map with very cool digital styling and stuff that you could pick regions on. And pick missions from different uh, corporations and stuff, uh, but it wouldn't. It it would it would kind of ruin it to like have to walk around like a like a real place to be able to do all that sort of stuff because, like, to put it into perspective, it's not like you don't just reload and your ammo comes back in Armored Core. You get like four hundred bullets for that gun for a mission, and every single bullet you fired costs money. Um, oh, and it only replenishes when the mission is over. 
and then all of that money that you spent shooting those bullets or those missiles or whatever uh, that comes out of your paycheck that you see as a deduction on the oh, point screen God. in the credits. And oh. it just, I don't know how you would do that with capitalism like, like, end state. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know how you would do that with like seamless, uh, like a menuless like world kind of thing. So I'm glad that it at least seems like they're sticking to what Armored Core is and not trying yeah. to make it something that it literally can't be without being something different. Um, and I, I think it's good too for a for a developer to go outside of what they're used to, you mm-hmm. know. Not, not that they are become... not that they aren't used to making Armored Core games or the one that started the series, right? But but I mean, they've been making Souls like after Souls like for how ever exactly. long now i i there has to be at least a very at the very least a vocal like section of that studio that just wants to work on something else mm-hmm. <laughs> you know because that's a bad thing it's just that's what naturally happens when you make you know games in a similar genre for so long no yeah and that's that's what miyazaki has been vocal about for like a year like after dark souls one he was like okay that's this is that's dark souls if there's no number next to it. I'm going to go work on Bloodborne now, which is a pretty different game, gameplay-wise. But, you know, money says you gotta make Dark Souls 2. You gotta make Dark Souls 2. And he was literally like, okay, just make the... Just uh, just let the B-team make it. I don't really I don't really care. Put put my name on the cover if you really have to. I really don't care. Is that and a real thing? People... The, yes. the B-team thing? I've heard so much debate over whether this B-team, the B-team thing is real or not. It's... It's sometimes they they work together from what I understand, but also it's like there's a there's very much like a developer and director split between uh, Dark Souls 2 and Bloodborne because pretty much like all the people that would become renowned and known for doing really good things in FromSoft worked on Bloodborne and everyone else worked on Dark Souls 2. Uh, and like a bunch of people got like shelved and like booted off the project for like it not going anywhere and stuff, uh, which is the the real reason why Dark Souls Two is is not as good as the other ones is because it just had a really crummy Weird development, development period. But like I, given the opportunity, if you're bored of if you don't want to make another Dark Souls game, why would you? You just make whatever you want, and then you get the best of both worlds, and then other team gets to make their 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 own game or whatever but like dark souls 3 even like playing it you can feel if you played the first two it's almost like that the fan service is almost like begrudgingly like okay we gave you an orlando again we gave you this it stop uh, we will make stop you not want more. it anymore <laughs> exactly we'll make you not want it anymore by giving you too much almost uh and it worked because now i feel like people get it People don't want like people don't really want a Sekiro two. People want a Bloodborne two because the, I I think the real reason people want a Bloodborne two is so they could play it on something new and don't have so to they can play it at a frame rate thirty frames twenty five. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, and not have like twenty minute loading screens every single time you die. And I feel like sort of thing. I feel like more people are asking for Bloodborne's on, Bloodborne on PC versus Bloodborne two <laughs> more so yeah, than yeah. anything else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I. I am a lifelong uh, fan of the the big stompy robots, uh, and I tried Armored Core forever ago on the PS2, and it controls like the worst thing ever, so I hated it. But then I tried it again recently uh, with the mental uh, uh, 
stigma that I literally had to so that I could say that I liked the older ones. And now I do. And now I get it. Uh, there's literally no way that six is going to control anywhere near as poorly. I would hope to God, uh, because even though I like that scheme now, uh, there's no there's no place for it. And if it releases with tank controls in 2023, I don't know from more importantly, tank controls <laughs> that don't enough. use the analog sticks as well. Like that's yeah. the real kicker for the early yeah. armored cores. All right. Well, there's our armored core discussion. I'm sure we're going to talk about it again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to what I think will probably be the last thing releasing next year that we're going to talk about. Um, largely because there's a lot of games that we've, we're definitely interested in that we haven't talked about here, but most of them haven't had new information. We've had a few more trailers for Tears of the Kingdom since the last time we talked about it. A few it. more? We, we talked about it back when it was announced, and then we said, oh, there was a new trailer, and then we moved on. But now is the time, uh, I think, to actually get... Tears of the Kingdom, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, is on the horizon for Switch. What's, what's the feeling? What's the, the vibe? I, man, I'm excited. Um, I, I love Breath of the Wild. I think it's probably, like, if I had to, of all the games I've ever played and I had to rank them, it would definitely be up there. You know, maybe not top five, but probably somewhere in the top ten for me. I have so many, like, great moments from the original i'm excited <laughs> i'm excited I, I think i'm I'm with you on that i i'm really curious to see what this is going to actually play like um because I, I think it's pretty clear they want to mix things up a little bit but not too much because breath of the wild worked really well and i think it'll work really well again mm -hmm. so i'm interested to see what the line is between old and new is it going to be the exact same ground map with a few craters, but then... I mean, I'm okay with aerial that. Dungeons reuse all or... the assets you need to reuse to get this game out. I, my, my one question about this is that they, they very rarely do like direct follow-ups with Zelda, right? They have Majora's mm -hmm. Mask, which was a follow-up to um, Ocarina of Time. Zelda 2 kind of a follow-up to the first one kind of <laughs> um uh, like oracle of ages and oracle of seasons somehow spirit tracks is a sequel to hourglass yeah, spirit tracks and hourglass but they don't really do direct follow-ups that much right hmm. they tend to like have a different link a different zelda a different ganon and so i i wonder this is like completely irrational, right? And I don't really know if this, if any of this is actual truth or not. It's just something I've thought about. How much of, because it looks art style wise, at least from what we've seen, a lot of it looks the same with some with some mix ups here and there. But they don't want to change too much. How much of that is that's the kind of game they want to make, and how much of that is holy crap, this was really really well received. Let's not deviate from the formula too much, even if we want to. Well, God, you know imagine I mean? if it was billed as a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild, and it brought back the Toon Link design. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what, the art what style, I legitimately I wonder, the same. I get that, but what I wonder why it is almost the opposite of how much of this might be a reaction to <clears throat> the not necessarily vocal, but there was a, a group of players, and I I don't know that they're a huge minority, but I, I know they're in the minority that were not super satisfied with Breath of the Wild as a Zelda game because it was missing it. a few 
Zelda mainstays. I wonder how much of that talk is what led to this of them. Like we have two groups of people. One really likes it and one really wants to like it, but is just missing a few things to tie it together to what they really like about Zelda to keep playing the game and like to, to enjoy it to the degree that this other group is enjoying. Yeah. What if they can please both? Because they totally could. Like you can get the the cool physics oh, sure. shenanigans of Breath of the Wild and combine it with the dungeon design of old mm-hmm. Zelda games and end up with something really special, which is what I'm mm-hmm. hoping happens here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- what I would love to see here is that these islands are treated like mini dungeons almost and like little mini puzzles for you to solve because I, I think they move towards that in the DLC for Breath of the Wild because they had like the trial thing where you had these little rooms you did of mm-hmm. like little trial encounters that you had to do to get like the powered up Master Sword, which was really cool. Um so I, I think they realize, <laughs> yeah, hard, but I think so they realize hard. that there is a desire for that type of gameplay in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And so I hope they kind of move towards that. And I hope they take some of the criticism of like, look, weapon durability, not necessarily a bad idea. Man, I would like to hit something for more than th- 10 seconds. It was, <laughs> without it was something way shattering. over, it was like way over tuned. <laughs> For yeah, sure. when I don't want to use any of the rewards because they're going to break in a minute. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that doesn't yeah. feel great. So I, I hope they, they managed to strike the right balance with that. Um, the, the other thing, too, and I, I always have this mindset with every like direct sequel, because oftentimes uh, you find that, that sequels to, to games often have a lot of content that they wanted to have yeah. in that original, right? Like, perfect yeah. example, Halo 2 was a, was going originally was going to be Halo 2 and 3 in one video game. That's wow. how nuts they wanted to get with Halo 2. <laughs> yeah. But they had to cut that stuff just gouge it out cuz they, they they did. And thank God that they did. Um but I I do wonder how many of, of the concepts we're going to see here were 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 um cut from the really strange and abnormally long development that Breath of the Wild had. Like the I wonder if these floating islands was here originally. Because we know, like, there was a point where they wanted Link to have an alien motorcycle, which we eventually yeah. kind of got <laughs> yeah. in that DLC. <laughs> so I'm sure there's some wacky stuff that they have ready. Um, I, I'm just really curious to see what, how far the sequel is going to take it in terms of new stuff to old stuff. Because Breath of the Wild, I don't think anybody would argue that Breath of the Wild is not a content-rich game. Yes. <laughs> so I, I wonder if they're really going to aim for more or if they're just going to aim to kind of pare down to what makes it best and then add on to that core so yeah i'm, I'm it, super curious about this game yeah i'm i am I, I am excited because i love that first game so much my only other reservation so as much as i love breath of the wild i've only played through it once and it, and to be to be fair to me it was a very long playthrough like i i beat ganon a little ways into it, but there was so much more that I wanted to explore mm-hmm. and do. And I eventually got like the DLC and all that stuff. Um, but I, part of the reason I haven't gone back for a second full playthrough is because what excited me so much about that first playthrough was that no one really knew much about it. And there was so much discovery in terms of like what you could get away with, with the physics, with the sandbox and everything, and just exploring everything that the world had because it was always throwing curveballs at you in terms of what's going to be in this area and how you can interact with it. But now that we kind of know like the deal, we kind of know what to expect. I don't know if this is going to be received as well, not just by me, but by others, but because 
we know more of what to expect this time. And I hope that they have a lot more surprises in there to really, you know, mix things up. But I feel like for a lot of people, myself included, that first playthrough will never, ever be topped just because that like sheer excitement of adventure and mystery isn't quite there now. Yeah. It's my only other reservation going into this, honestly. My hope is that they can get, bring that mystery back. Like, I, I, I don't actually need to see the things that I was talking about of, like, a dungeon or something in this. I would love to have them, but they're not, like, must-haves for this to be a good game to me. Um, yeah. What I really just want to see is for them to recapture that feeling of the original Zelda. And I, I think this is a, a weird parallel to draw, but I'd almost make this the line between Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VII Remake. Of when you're remaking a game like that, what you want to actually remake is not the game as it was, but the game as people wanted it to be at the time or, or imagined it in their heads to be 20 years later. So now you're looking at it 20 yeah. years later and you're like, how do we recapture the feelings that people felt when they played this original game and mm -hmm. deliver on that and, and add back onto it? And they made some choices to do that in 7 Remake that I will land very differently for different people. So I'm wondering if that's kind of the path that's going to happen here is to recapture that feeling of exploration. They're going to end up doing some some weird things here that nobody expects. I'm very curious. I, I want to know what this is actually going to be like because all the little bits of gameplay we've seen have looked very interesting. They've yeah. never been enough. Yeah, They've never left us long enough to actually figure out what is going on. Which is good for a game like for, for this in particular. I want to know as little as humanly possible. Yeah, I, I want them to tease me right up until it releases. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> it's just random yeah. little things that make me go, huh? Until it comes out and I can go, ah. Yeah. Mm. Having floating islands in Hyrule was just enough to be like, okay, okay. That's what this is about. Cool. Don't show me anything else. Maybe a little bit. One more that. trailer. One more trailer and there's underground exploration. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think we have one more trailer coming for this game of, of like a significant gameplay thing to be revealed. <clears throat> That's what I would hope for is one more hook trailer of like what's the gameplay hook here that is actually a thing that i do because they just didn't the show gameplay in the last trailer that it should link moving they right? showed or fall yeah they, they did they showed gameplay but it's all little snippets and there's no combat, no, UI. no no anything like that no ui so i think we have one more reveal waiting it's going to be like ui or something there's going to be a thing in the ui that nobody knows what it is that's really mysterious and that's going to be the hook yeah this is like a weird circle in the UI somewhere that has a half-filled bar, and you're like, oh, what's that? My my only other ask in terms of improvements from the first game, and I know this is a weird thing with Zelda games because it's never been its focus, but man, I want a better story. Mm. I, I just want, I want a better story so to. bad. <laughs> I want characters to speak to in the game. And this isn't a weird thing for Zelda. Like, don't go, this is, doesn't exist in Zelda because I played Twilight Princess and Twilight Princess has that everywhere. So does Wind Waker. So does every other Zelda. So does Skyward was a, that Sword. Was a Breath of the Wild thing. Um, I haven't played Skyward Sword yet. I do have it for my Switch, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think we, we have room here to be a little bit more overt with characters that you actually speak to that are impacting the I story. Want... Well, you have more opportunity for the story too, because you've shown the little, um, you, you explored the backstory bit. The main events of the story of the are not happening a hundred years ago. Yeah. <laughs> They're happening now. Yeah. And, and I want difference. more, I, I want Zelda to be more, more of a prominent character because I think at least compared to what I've seen in the few Zelda games that I have played that aren't breath of the wild, 
she's probably one of the more interesting iterations that we've had of her character. And, and I want more of her. Up, this build up to her being like an active player in the story, but she's not. Like she doesn't show up in the game. Yeah. Bar memories maybe, and the ending. Maybe so. that's another tease for Tears of the Kingdom. That that we yeah, actually get to knows. play as her in in sections. Or okay, well that, like a little... that that's that's a reach. <laughs> I would love to see her more involved, I think, yeah. because there have been games where Zelda is a lot more involved in what is going on, and it's generally very well received, I think. So mm. I, I want to give me the proper successor to Pirate Zelda from Wind Waker. I'll yes. Have her do things. All right. Mm. Well, that's the things that we're looking forward to next year, the things that we're interested in, and some weird skull and bones. That's it. That's <laughs> just Skull and Bones. Awesome. <clears throat> Skull and Bones and Avatar just really <laughs> being the, the wild cards for next year. So now I want to do shoutouts, but what we're going to do for shoutouts this time is we're going to do anti shoutouts. And I want you to shout out one thing, one game from 2022 that you played that you just want to leave in the past, that you never want to interact uh, with again. Something that you just didn't enjoy it doesn't have to have released in 2022 just something that you played in 2022 that you're just like man why what was the point mm. i think there's a this there's some good ones that came out some interesting games that were not super well received mm. so looking Does anyone have something looking, that they really hated looking at my at my document of all the things that I have played, I I didn't play a lot of bad things in 2022. That's a, the thing that's is, a good point. There wasn't a lot of bad games this year, but there were a few. I I have this written down as the the dates is is when I first played them, um because that's otherwise being more specific would just be horrible and would defeat the purpose of of making a list mm -hmm. at all, um. How do how do I put this? Because <laughs> I know I'm going to end up playing it again because the alternatives are just not holding up. Um, I thought I thought that the horse, the pale horse of Halo Infinite, would be beaten <laughs> to a sludge uh -huh. by this point. Um, but here 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 I, I hear the news that oh they're making you can you can switch things between armor cores and they're giving you all the cores for free now that is one of my biggest knocks against how the game was a year ago that all right that is legitimately enough for me to give it a shot and play it again and see what's up cool forge is in the game there's there's a custom browser awesome so i sit and i wait for you know however long it takes the the not small game to download uh and i i start it up and i go to the customization menu yeah you can you can put things between the armor cores like the 10 basic halo colors and that's it and yeah they give you the armor cores for free but none of the things to customize them with and the only ways to get them are in the events that aren't happening anymore. 
and are listed as unavailable from a previous event. The amount of times that that message comes up scrolling through the single item tall scroll bar oh. of a customization menu on one of the armored cores, armored cores. Oh no, no, it's don't associate that. It's embarrassing. You cannot customize your character in this game. If you have not kept playing from the start, which why would you for 90% of people, there's barely a reason to keep playing even with the events. I see you. I see you looking at all your at all your sleep paralysis demons in the room, there, buddy. You're the only one who did. And there's and I'm sitting here with the only things that I have to unlock are in the the winter update and this whole other battle pass that I have to pay twenty dollars to get any more customization in. What are they doing? This sucks. It's terrible. It's like like I I started the game and I was like, I like I was excited and happy. I was just having a good day. And I saw this, and I got actually mad. My day was ruined for the rest of that day because I was like, I, how could people be this stupid? How could a group of people come together and make decisions that have led to this? This is terrible. There's no good side of it other than that these, some of these things were free in the past. What happened to all that no FOMO stuff from before the game came out? 343 Industries. FOMO is profitable. The only thing that I disagree with you on here is that the price of the battle pass is ten dollars and not twenty dollars. Everything else okay. I completely agree with. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Everything else I uh I agree. Well what I, I learned, Halo Infinite taught me my limitation, which is XP boost being a reward of a battle pass. Mm -hmm. That's my limit. Yeah, that's so... That's my thing. Consumable Ugh. XP boosts and challenge skips being part of a battle pass, that was, that, that was it for me. That's what, that's what completely removed me from the game. Of like, I, I am now... The, the customization is no longer working as a carrot on a stick. It is now actively making me want to not engage with the game. Which mm -hmm. is... Nothing else has ever done that to me. Yeah, genuinely, <laughs> genuinely. I and and I, and, and I, I have an addendum. Black Desert. So, oh my god! god. <laughs> what? I have, I have I have an addendum because the the other thing that made me even more upset. And I, do you think I'm gonna go to Halo Waypoint for Halo Infinite? Thi you're you're insane if you think I'm gonna waste <laughs> my time. It, I'm not gonna waste my time looking things up for Halo Infinite. I'm gonna waste my time finding out that they're bad the hard way. Uh, <laughs> So they have they have this the, the Christmas event. You can get a Santa hat, and you can get a little little oh, snowflake no, or whatever. This part. What what a what a wonderful thing to do for free that anyone can put a Santa hat on any of their helmets and no, just two, just two helmets in the whole game, on one armor core. That I don't have anything else to use on. Because I only have. First battle pass. Merry uh, Merry Christmas. You get your Santa hat that you can't. Everything use. this man said is completely true, and I completely agree with all of it. Now, uh, what's my playtime on this again? <laughs> I just I just played more I, uh, of it last night, Wyatt. I know. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know Wyatt, but I know after this podcast, it's gonna go up. Let's, and I uh, don't know why. Hold on. What, 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 am I, what am I at here? 
What do I have here? Oh, it's gonna hurt not... to hear this number. It's gonna. Mm. Uh, I... Does it not say anymore? Where? where... Too big. It's, you have to look at your achievements <laughs> page. Achievements <laughs> page. God, they just changed some of their UI recently, so it's kind of. So their UI is worse. No, 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 no. For the for the for the um, yeah, Xbox for app, they oh, kind okay. of move some things around. So now I'm confused as to where I'm supposed to go. Um... I hope you you've just learned to <laughs> regret everything about it. Or not. I, I do you have know, enjoy what you want to well, enjoy. Well, I... why it looks so... for this now. So I I I haven't found the hours yet because I'm stumbling over everything here, but. I do still play it. It's still installed. I still boot it up. If if I want the weekly ultimate, I'll put in more hours in a week than I normally do. Um, which, you know, kind of goes back and forth depending on what the weekly ultimate unlock is. But I am still discovering new things that I can do in that sandbox and how just cool, just all the cool stuff you can do with it. And that's what's keeping me playing. And and just how everything clicks together. Sometimes it can make some of the coolest moments that you can't make in other Halo games. And it's also the best feeling Halo game, in my opinion, just in terms of control. And that, for me, is enough right now. Also, I'm having matchmaking issues with MCC, so screw that. I'm That's been really frustrating me for a while now. So even if I, I wanted to play other ones... Time. Yeah, even if I wanted to play older Halo games, I'm stuck. Which, you know, I'm fine with, but this is what it is. Anyway, let's not let's not get stuck on this for too long. I'm sure we'll talk about this again at some point in the future. Yeah, we will. How how many months have we done the our, our, our Game Pass tradition for? Have we done it for over a year? We we've done the that style of thing for over a year, but they were inconsistent until we set a schedule. Last time, so it's been a, it's been wacky. Oh, I, I think we've done about played. six of them by now. Okay, what I, I, I have mine. Um, one game that I would love to be hit on the head and forget about, not, not to have the ability to play it again for the first time, but to hopefully Just to never that experience from your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, non guns. <laughs> Poor non-guns. We're beating up on non-guns so much. It never ends. <laughs> it doesn't We're end. never going to let it die. It is, it is uh, the worst, least readable game I have ever tried to play. Yeah, that's fair. That's I mean, fair. That's a, that's a simple and this isn't, uh, why, this isn't a knock on you. You didn't know what you were you getting know. us into. I am absolutely. You've absolutely redeemed yourself. You've picked some (laughs) banger games, and I'm sure that each one of us will, at one point in our Game Pass exploration, pick something that's that's that. Yeah. Um. But if that didn't, if you, if you have to play a point-and-click adventure game. With with no words ever on the screen and vague low detail pixel icons to quit the game. Well, Alt F four. That's what will happen. Uninstall. It's not a knock Forever. on trying new things. It just doesn't didn't work very well. And so that's that was the non guns lesson. 
you know, maybe there's, sure... maybe there's a big revelation at the end of Nine Guns that none of us ever got to. But well, I think if, uh... I think it, they could have pulled it off if there were more pixels to the images so that they were clearer. I think that would have vastly improved it. Not enough to be memorable in a good sense, but enough to not be memorable in a bad way. Uh, well, bouncing off of other uh, not great Game Pass Wyatt picks, um, sometimes sometimes people make the argument that a game that elicits no reaction from you is sometimes worse than a game that elicits negative reaction from you. Because oh, at the very my. least, it affected you in some way. Sometimes a game is so aggressively middle-of-the-road 5 out of 10 that you wish it was points lower just so that it got something you got something from it this game that i'm talking about is of course aliens fire team elite a game oh <laughs> yes that's nothing we played a game that adds nothing whatsoever to the genre that it's in or to video games in general and that doesn't take away from it either it just exists it, it takes it's up there. space and that in itself is a crime and and I think the only time that it elicited any kind of emotional response from me was the fact that I am a fan of both the license they're using and the genre of game that it's in. And they combined these two things in a way that was so just did not the bare work. minimum. <laughs> the absolute bare minimum. And it's two things that were awkwardly just crushed together to make the most aggressively average experience you've ever seen in your entire life. It is the most eh game I think I have ever played in my entire life. <laughs> so, yeah. And, all right, I gotta bring out the pick, the pocket pick I've been saving this whole time. I love a little studio called Platinum Games. I love everything oh, no. that Platinum <laughs> Games oh, generally no. makes. Even the bad stuff I've usually had a good time with. Uh. Babylon's Fall. I uh, did not buy that one's file. I played the free demo they put out and the free like version that they had later to try and figure out what was the big deal here. And Babylon's Fall to me is one of the most sad things I've ever played because no excuse. There were like a couple of ideas that I was like, "This is pretty cool," but everything about them was executed so poorly and so badly and so. Horrifically put together in one of the worst-looking painterly-style games that I've ever seen. Truly awful, where you realize that the painterly thing is just a filter. It's just a filter on the screen that stays in place when you move it over everything. It looks disgusting. It played... You know... It played like a game. About all I can say about it. Babylon's Fall made me really sad. <laughs> <laughs> even Adam had kind of a rough year, didn't they? <laughs> they did. And look, I was like, I was okay with the, the idea of them using the Final Fantasy XIV outfits and whatnot as additional armor gear, so you have more cosmetic options. But you don't have more cosmetic options because you're going to pay for them. Yeah, they mm. made them in a, in a full price game that had immediately a battle pass with nothing in it, as well as multiple paid expansions to get limited use outfits from other games and just very bad story structure, terrible, terrible hub world that felt straight out of Anthem. Truly like 
Anthem was the closest comparison I could come up to when trying to figure out how to navigate the hub world. That's the point where I quit the game, was trying to figure out the hub world on the second mission. I was like, I'm done with this. I can't continue to walk around this area because it's the visuals are giving me a headache. It was so unfortunate. Man. I hope Platinum Games' next thing is good. I hope they're okay. <laughs> someone, someone described Babylon's Fall to me. I think this was like a YouTuber or something, and I can't remember who. As a skinwalker trying to be a video game, <laughs> and it's pretty applicable for every single thing I've seen about yep. it. <laughs> it's wow. really unfortunate. It is just, man, it's sad because so much effort clearly went into it that was all just badly spent. Like was, they didn't come up with a structure for a game. They came up with this weird free-to-play looking thing and just kind of slapped it together. And it, I just wish they had been working on any other game. Just put the talented people at Platinum Games to work on anything else, and it would have been fine. But no, they, they made Dabalon's fall. Man, that makes me sad. Mm -hmm. All right. That said, it is the end of the show. We, we've done our, our due diligence and shouted out the bad things from this year. Next week... We're going to talk about probably more things from this year, last year. Well, we'll figure it out. we got a few topics to run through in January before we get to our award show as well as our Game Pass Games Club for this month. So those are going to be coming up on the horizon. And we've also got Teach Wyatt how to actually use the Fantasy League. <laughs> because it's going to be really embarrassing lesson. this time. Uh, it's gonna be really we're going to be... We're gonna be because we're gonna have a whole reminders. We're gonna have a televised lecture. We'll be open for. We'll have open office hours at the end of the podcast in case anyone wants to come yeah. ask questions. <laughs> uh, the really sad thing is that the only person that probably could have beat me if they picked other games was Wyatt, and he did probably. So yeah, it's it was really a massacre this year in the worst fashion. So I'm really looking forward <laughs> you to, you to want what. Me there? The winner. Do I even need to be there? You have to be there. Yes, you have to answer for what you did. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to what our Ryan picks as our punishment because he wins. Oh, that's right. I forgot there were stakes involved this year. It was funny last year. Oh, that's right. Brett, your voice work this time for the last one was fantastic. Sometimes, sometimes you're the kind of person where you really need to look at your list of priorities, and sometimes, sometimes some things just have to show up at the bottom of that list and never get touched. I'm not going to say whether this was one of those things, but I'm just saying something has to be down there. <laughs> well, on that note, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Tuesday mornings at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the podcast for your choice, YouTube and Twitch. That's it. That's the show. Wow. Look that was that a show. Little dance he's doing. What a, what a good way to end our winter break. <laughs>